Welcome to the inaugural episode of Mystery Movies. Title pending, I don't know. We'll see. What's up, guys? Um, we started doing uh, Mystery Movies as a kind of extra we would do in our normal podcast, The Stack Pack. Um, every time one of these cases on Unsolved Mysteries would be made into a goofy lifetime TV movie, we would cover those. But then we, we recently started branching out and covering just more interesting movies. So for this first episode, I'm joined, I'm David Howell, and I'm joined by uh, Eli, my stack packer um, and uh, partner in podcasting crime. We haven't committed so any crimes a- yet, but... No, not no, not yet. Well, maybe maybe a few misdemeanors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, this is a nice little spin-off series. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep doing this whenever we have some free time. This is gonna be fun. <clears throat> this is a good like horror flick. I think it's a good episode to like kind of start off. It's it's yeah, it's good because it's the perfect meld of what we've been doing, which is watching a good a good or interesting movie. And it also being a real story, <laughs> yeah, based on based on true events. You notice so how I like the, stumbled when I said good because there's yeah, there's a like, lot uh, of things I do like about this movie. Uh, but there, there is, I couldn't decide whether I liked this movie or whether I didn't <laughs> like it. But we'll talk about all. That. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we are the uh, you know how I love Frasier. We're the Frasier uh, to Cheers. I was going to say like Joni the, loves Chachi for like, like isn't that Happy Days, right? <laughs> yeah, but was how long did Joni loves Chachi did that run? I was thinking Frasier because it actually ran for quite a bit. Yeah, or the one show the the spinoff of Cheers with Joey for like a second. You mean Friends? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course, Friends. <laughs> Terrible. Let's hope we last longer than that. <laughs> yeah, we just we just want to nerd out. We just want to watch good movies and give our feedback that nobody cares about mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll get some people watching some really good flicks that nobody knows and this is the uh the, so the movie we're watching obviously you could probably tell if you clicked on the episode the town the dreaded sundown which is a uh, true story ish um based on the texarkana moonlight murders um was a killer who went up to lovers lanes right. and shot couples and Wore a mask and was known as the Phantom Killer. And people might think, "Oh, well, at least me." I'm, I'm thinking people just because I'm a person and I thought this um, very Zodiac esque. But this guy came out way before Zodiac. Yeah, um, we'll get into there's um, there's a little rumor. lots of similarities. There's a rumor people think there is a rumor. The internet's ran crazy with the idea that these two might be the same because it's a bit similar. You know, shooting couples at lovers' lanes in a mask who knows (laughs) but yeah this movie is directed by the great charles b pierce um i don't know about you but he is a delight as an actor in this movie (laughs) i would not have known that if you didn't text me that little bit of information that charles b pierce the director he plays he plays the deputy or oh i thought he the the goofy deputy. Oh, I thought he the, played like, Scuzzball or what's his name? Ski ball. Spark plug. Spark plug. <laughs> Scuzzball. <laughs> he plays Spark plug. Oh it was man, funny they called him Spark plug. I love. Okay, you know what's so funny is the other, yeah, last night we were watching Signs and I I was just talking about how M Night Shyamalan will always give himself such a prominent like epic part in his movies, even if it's yeah. small. 
And um, Charles B. Pierce does not feel the same way. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there's no need for this character to be in the movie. Oh, a hundred percent. But you could have, you could have written this character out. But he's a delight. Yeah, there, there is a good amount of levity in this movie, like humor. But it's so like it's got like you know like slide whistles and funny facial expressions. That's it's, what I loved. It, yeah, I loved that that this movie didn't. It's a it's a serious movie about a serious thing that happened, but it doesn't take too, itself too seriously. No, it doesn't. And and when it when there is a scene of somebody being like killed and hunted down, it's. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like the scariest thing ever, but they take it no. dead serious. You know, yeah. there, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, <laughs> slide whistles and, yeah, in but, those scenes. This movie was considered one of the earliest of the genre, right? Like, yeah. Well, um, I, I definitely consider it, it, it's interesting because a lot of people say Texas Chainsaw, which is 73, right? 73 it, or 74. Okay, that one's 74. And then a lot of people, and then of course Black Christmas. I think is like amazing. Have you seen Black Christmas? No, I've never seen Black Christmas. Oh, uh, I have that one. I've seen I, the original Chainsaw and the the reboot. Obviously, I've seen the stupid. Yeah, the ch- with Jessica Biel. It's weird that reboot is so pretty that it just ruins it. It's it, yeah. it's well shot, good acting. It fucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I hate it because of Jessica that. Biel's in it, right? It's yeah, very yeah, forgettable. yeah. The other I, one is so much better. Yeah, the original. Um. But uh, yeah, Black Christmas is amazing. I have the Screen Factory edition of that one. I watch it every year. It's got Margot Kidder, like before she played Lois in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. She is a fucking delight. Like she's the kind of the party animal, always drunk sorority girl. There's a great scene where she keeps, uh, where she's feeding this little kid like white wine and they're like laughing. It's such a good movie. And the killer is creepy, creepy. I'm going to have to watch it. He, it's if you see it, you'll be like, "Damn, I can't believe this is that old." Because there's scream vibes, like the killer calls up, but the killer doesn't say things like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" The killer's like, <laughs> like, like makes like, like weird, creepy sounds and uses the c u n t word a lot. Like, I'm gonna oh, like wrong. very uh, Golden State Killer. Oh, dude, it's a lot like that. I wonder if I'm. That's around the same time. By. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Black, Black Christmas is fucking awesome but you know what some people consider i i kind of want to put psycho as kind of the first one to get us going i I guess it's kind of hard to consider psycho a slasher but at the end of the day it 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 is (laughs) yeah people get slashed this it's an interesting example of an early slasher movie too because the way it's made right it's a little documentary style like it's narrated yeah Yeah, almost like this dude that's Try, it almost sounds like almost Morgan Freeman-esque in Andy Dufresne crawled through a river of shit. It's also, there's also a thing about it where I feel like the movie would probably work just as well without the narration. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's interesting that they chose that style. It, the, the narration is basically the Wikipedia page, right? Yeah. And then what we see in the movie is not really what actually happened. So it's just like, why? I mean, why try to present it as... So factual. They claim in the beginning that the the movie is factual, that only the names were changed. Yeah. Which isn't but true. They, no, they they took some liberties. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe they did the whole documentary thing 
as a response to Texas Chainsaw because a lot of people thought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real because of like you know the opening credits and and the the little you know the yeah. words that come on the screen, but yeah, yeah. basically. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an amalgamation of a lot of things. It, it's pretty much like if Ed Gein was a nightmare. It, yeah, it, it's pretty much like if Ed Gein was an active serial killer who wore the skin of the victims outside and wielded a chainsaw and, and murdered people, and which went he after didn't. People. Yeah, he pretty right. much just he more he killed some people, but he more just robbed graves and made fucking furniture out of their skin and shit and so didn't gross. really wear it outside or anything. You know, oh, like, I no love your jacket. Him. Is this leather? Yeah, <laughs> He's no. It oh, no, it's Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is this Native American? <laughs> it's Susan. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the town that dreaded sundown. And this is more of a Texas massacre than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because it, right. it actually happened and it was in Texas. Um, Ed Gein was not in Texas at all. What's crazy is that this dude had a very short like spree. It was only a few months when these things happened. Yeah. And not no long. more. But yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk what, Kind of like what we did with the... Uh, alien abduction movie. I, I forget the name of that movie. Fire in the Sky. <laughs> Fire in the Sky. Um, so this movie was um, also an early example of a pretty cheap movie making some bucks uh, with a budget of 400000 back in the day. It made $5 million. What? And it was yeah. released on Christmas Eve, did, I, I saw. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. This is not something... This is not a Christmas Eve movie. No. And the gore is actually like... <laughs> There's some genuine gore. Like, you don't see stabby stabby, but you see aftermath of gore, and yeah. it's, it's pretty good. Like, you know, it's got your 70s slightly brighter, not very real-looking Bright blood. blood, but I don't, I don't know if this, is, if this was uh, one of the it's movies. Kool-Aid. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned it on this podcast before, or um, I guess this is a new one, but whatever. Um. That the blood, if it was a couple of shades brighter, they could use way more of it. If it just looked slightly unrealistic, they could get away with using a lot of it. Uh, That's why more now you see dark blood that looks real, <laughs> real. in movies and stuff. Um, but yeah, we just get into the plot of what the movie is about. Um, we get this very, very stark narration like you're going to be watching some dead serious feature where they talk about World War Two is uh, like we're in the midst of World War Two, right? Yeah. And uh, Texarkana is a, is a town that's kind of recovering from like an economic decline. Right. And, and I, it's funny. I looked up a little bit about Texarkana and it just seems like a normal town because because of this, we find out a lot about Texarkana that I didn't even know that it was actually a pretty rough area. Um, yeah. As far as the economics of it, it I, I looked it up because I was like, well, what made it so, so rough? <laughs> yeah. It, it really, I, I can't really find anything in the short, shallow Google searches that I did. It just, it just seems like a normal town. It, you know, it, it had a few uh, plants and a few um, like huge kind of companies that, kind of kept it afloat and kept people with jobs, but 
nothing out of the ordinary. I, I don't understand why it got so rough. It got so violent. Uh, diff- different demographics a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Even in if the forties, has anything stuff? to do with it? Yeah, it, it was like sixty percent white, and then the, the rest were like minority. So, For the forties, that's a little. It seems I don't yeah, know. I don't know, but we could get into how racism and demographics play into everything. I don't know what made it, but it seemed like it was a very. Uh, uh, they called it the second, like a mini Chicago, right? Oh yeah, that's what they were saying in the. Uh, we watched the. BuzzFeed Unsolved. We watched BuzzFeed Unsolved. Fuck those Buzz, BuzzFeed Dude, they fucks. were making me laugh by the end, and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> um, yeah, I don't yeah. want to like this, We we, we did minimal research today. We watched, uh, just like 3 million other people, BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, talking about the case. Just to kind of get a loose idea of the actual events. Mostly yeah. today we're going to be covering the movie and all of its classic awesome 70s glory um the costumes are pretty good you know nobody looks very 70s in it you know it's got a timeless vibe the town's kind of getting back to normal the narrator tells us until sunday night of march 3rd 1946 when um fake names sandy fuller and linda may what was her name mary jean her name was like mary jean the real girl the the real girl her oh man and I clicked Sammy off. Fuller and Linda Mae Jenkins were the kids in the movie <laughs> and they right. were the, they were parked on Lovers Lane oh, and and even from this first story it's totally different than what actually okay. happened the first the first people were they like sort yeah. of do bizarro names I remember like Linda May was like Mary Jean or something like that right oh Jim, Jimmy Hollis age twenty five and his girlfriend Mary Jean Larry. Mary Jean age Larry 19. in the movie Linda May Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, age nineteen. Um, so this this was the first case in real life where like um, he came up to the door and the guy was like, "We don't have any money," and then he pulls him out of the car, forces his pants down, right, right, and then hits his head so hard that she thought that the guy shot him, right? Yeah, but that was in the documentary. Terrible. That didn't happen in the movie. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the movie. That's what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, you just see feet. You you see these two lovers on this, you know, what lovers do. On a lover's, <laughs> on a lover's rendezvous. Yeah, they're out there. And for some reason, he makes the odd. Well, I know I know why he did it. But he puts his head on her lap. He's trying to get, the, get her in the mood. That's a weird move. You know, <laughs> I noticed a- that. I was like, that's a weird move. Like playing like baby. Yeah. Come on, you know what I want. I want what's under the the, the cloth. I mean, lay on your lap. That's yeah. I don't. I don't know, ladies. Tweet us. That's not hot, right? That's not, that's not a thing. It was like, um, you know, get your head out of my lap, please. Get your head out of my lap. What are you, my fucking little brother? So basically, in the movie, these fictional versions of uh, um, of these kids are parked at Lovers Lane. And then the the hood like swings open, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I I don't know older cars, but usually newer cars you pop them and they they have a hood latch release. I don't know about these older you know cars in the nineteen forties. Do they just pop up? Like yeah, that? but it's funny because it shows him. It just shows this dude in this mask. Yeah, he's like creeping along, and it's like the first time you see him, and it's like not scary at all. Not right? at all. He's like crouching. Yeah, like he he looks like a like when you play one of those like stealth video games and just like it would have been way better 
if they had shown him, like, if you had just heard, like, crunching and seen shadows, and then all of a sudden the hood pops open, and then the hood drops, and then yeah. you see his face. I, I, think, I honestly think this director might be a little more skilled with uh, the comedy parts. Um, yeah. You know, this, oh, I think sure. this direct is it the same director that did the Bigfoot movie, the Boggy Creek movie? The, he did Bigfoot too. I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Hold on. Or, I, or, I gotta I, look I this up. It's either that or it's the same narrator that narrates the Legend of Boggy Creek. But I wanted to watch that movie for instead of Willow Creek. But we should try to find it. The I could only find it um, Mystery Science Theater with like mystery. It's on oh. Netflix with Mystery Science Theater. But I want to like That's watch funny. it. And make fun of it on our own, you know. I don't want to like, yeah, get material. I, I think it. I think it might be the same narrator, maybe not the same director. Narrator. It's called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about. Um, no, dude, same same director. Oh, dude, we gotta watch that. Is he in it? I hope he's in it too. Oh, is he in it? <laughs> and Boggy Creek has a sequel, Boggy Creek Two, and the legend continues. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta yeah we gotta seek it out all right so yeah this guy swings the hood open after he's unscarily crouching he's a man with a bag over his head very much like um the bag of potatoes very, very much like potato sack well i was gonna say um like the first appearance of the killer jason in friday the 13th part two yeah where he has more of like a pillowcase over his head and he's wearing overalls he's got holes cut out and he's got these piercing blue eyes and I will say this off the top of the uh, in the top of the episode, this guy does more with this like mask and breathing and his oh, eyes than I've seen in like a, like most Jason and Mike Myers movies. M- Michael Myers, not not the great uh, <laughs> Mike Myers. <laughs> uh, Wayne's World. They do this thing. Uh, that's, the love guru. <laughs> don't let's not mention the love guru. Um, they do this thing where he, when he's breathing hard, you see oh, like you yeah. see it, you see the mask poof up and then you suck do. into like the shape of his it's mouth. Great. And they, I loved they, it. it's it's overdone, but it's effective. Yeah, I, I loved it. I yeah, love yeah. that effect. It is pretty good. And then he, what does he do? He so he like opens it up and he like sabotages the engine. I don't know what he does, but they, they can't leave. He ends up breaking the glass. Oh yeah, and, and then, then, and then he tries, the and then he can't he can't start the the engine. Yeah, yeah. So then he takes the dude out, pulls him out. You see blood dripping from the yeah. What do you call it? From the broken glass of the windshield, and then he comes around on the other side and he tries to get the girl. Well, you see him just kind of get in the car and then it kind of fades out, right? Yeah. Like maybe so you don't see. You don't see what happens to her, but you do in the next scene. You find a little bit of aftermath. Um, so, like I said, in, uh, what actually happened was this guy was killed, and he... Uh, actually, he wasn't killed. Oh, the guy who got his head hit so no, they hard. they both survived. They both survived. But, like, w- the weird thing is he forced the guy to take his pants down before he right banged him over the head. And then... I don't remember if she was sexually assaulted, but in the movie they they she, don't they stay was. away. They mention the they, sexually they mention rape in the movie. They don't say it, but they mention it. But they're like, no, they just say no. That she was, yeah, he wasn't. That that she, none of the victims were, but in reality they were. Yeah, they were. 
Maybe not all of them. You know, maybe he worked his way up, but I don't know the specifics. But they, he definitely raped the women. <clears throat> all right, so then we cut to daytime, and she's, um, the girl is. She drags herself to the road, and uh, and in a very yeah, it's very bloody. She's got blood all over her face and arms and yeah. stuff. And the car, they have a lot of fun with these '40s cars, like slamming them yeah. on their brakes and and drifting them and did you see that he almost crashed yeah 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 <laughs> he's like oh jeepers <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing i come for the night that's a jeepers jeepers, oh, jeepers. gee willikers who's this <laughs> by george there's a lady in the road yeah that's not something you see every day especially on a desolate highway in texarkana yeah and yeah um the next scene was actually comical, but it, it, I don't think it was trying to be. Um, so they What's find that? her right. The the ambulance coming like down the road, like the shot of the ambulance. Oh, and he just like points like so many He's times. Like, Is that what like, you were talking hurry about? Hurry up! But yes, but the the okay. So the shot is. It's showing everybody like the police are there and paramedics are coming down the street. But rather than showing them in the middle of the street, this director decides to show the entire ambulance ride from the end. So the, the, the shot is the camera's in the middle and it's got all the, all the police and uh, the sheriff deputies. And they're all there kind of around the, the area. It shows the, some paramedics putting her on a gurney. And then it shows, <laughs> for some reason, another ambulance coming down the road and it the director decided to show the entire shot from the end the the, the like as soon as you see yeah it's way the too ambulance long. coming and you hear it and it's it's goes on for way longer than it should and that i think the sheriff is trying doesn't know what to do so he keeps waving him down like if he's like if him waving is going to get them down there faster it was very awkward and it was very noticeable and it lasted way too long yeah uh, but it was so funny to me because I was watching. It's like, that's, was like oh, the, man, like, cut this in half, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's also uh, what I want to mention before we move on is um, before we get the cops coming up on this uh, girl, you know, still barely alive body. Um, the credits are really, really nice. Um, there's a like a sunset dusk or dawn picture of the sun. Probably dusk, probably dusk. Um, the credit, like the actual title that says "the town that dreaded sundown," is so cool. Like it says, "the town is that- the town that dreaded sundown," and there's the 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 sun going down. Like, is it at the end of the right, movie? No, it's right at the beginning. Like right after the first kill, right before the uh, right before they, um, you know, someone comes across her body. Oh yes. It's the town that dreaded sundown, and then right next to it, like, is the the sun setting. Yeah, and it, I always I thought that was that. really cool. Um, yeah, and it's red. It's like super deep red. They got yeah. the colors just right. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, there's things like that in this movie that are like, oh, this is good and visceral, and it's really getting me. And then there's like weird, awkward cuts and stuff that doesn't work at all. 
and then it's baffling funny. comedy that that, that the, the baffling comedy doesn't bother me. The kind of tone deafness uh, between horror and comedy. Some people that throws them off. That's not what I'm talking yeah, it's about. Very, I'm it's talking more jarring. about like editing and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very jarring, the cuts on these. It does feel like two different movies. I don't know what kind of the writers, what they were thinking. But it was like, let's throw these really funny scenes in here. Yeah, or it could have just, been it, just been it was written one way. And when they got on set, they like really hammed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you maybe. never know how it goes. So, yeah, they get the uh, they get her all taken to the hospital yeah and and when the ambulance comes finally it's a military ambulance it looks like and he tells yeah. them to go up the hill to the boy because the boy was still alive and that's they, what yeah, you're right that's what the other ambulance was there for i was like why is this why is i guess I, maybe because it was like an off-road ambulance i don't know maybe four, four-wheel drive so then we meet a deputy norman ramsey who's like a good old boy and who you think is going to be like your main guy, but he's kind of not really. Not at all. No. And I thought he was going to be like, yeah, let's catch this. Yeah, he, he had some definite like Sheriff Hopper vibes. Um, my favorite he been. small town he cop. Car- he could have carried this whole movie, but they decided against that for some reason. So yeah. Afterwards, that the he he tells the military ambulance to go check on the the mail, and then after yeah he goes to his car and radios in to the other sheriff to meet him at the hospital because that sheriff wasn't on the scene. So the sheriff tells him that Linda was not raped, but her back, stomach and breasts were heavily bitten and chewed. And I think that's an actual, that's real. Yeah. Like he bit these victims. Uh, yeah, that's fucking weird. I, I don't know how true this is, but I think he did. I don't know if he raped the first victim. Maybe no, he, he didn't. Did. He did. I'm pretty sure he did. I think I, in that yeah. video we saw that he did. I think he might have. I don't know. I also think he might have worked his way up to the rape stuff. Like he was I, just you know murdering what, now at first. But now that you're mentioning, I don't. I you, you might be right. Yeah. No, sorry, we're not totally sure. But like we said, we're covering. We're more covering, we're covering the, the movie. movie. Yeah. We're covering so the movie. don't don't give a shit for our. I think it's kind of interesting to compare truth to fiction while we do this, but like don't hold us totally accountable. We right. watch the movie. <laughs> And then we watched a short 20-minute thing to kind of brush us up on the real thing. But that's all we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't add us. Uh, so, yeah. They, as, as the James Bonding podcast always says, we're fans, not experts. There you go. That's, that's a perfect <laughs> But it's kind of weird. It doesn't work to be to be fans of the phantom killer who murdered helpless people in the yeah, 1940s. We're definitely not a fan. We're not fans okay. of this guy. Fans of the movie. Oh, fuck off. Okay, I'm just... I'm fucking myself right now. Fucking. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, they end up uh, they end up going showing uh, her at the hospital. They try talking to her. She's I think she's heavily sedated. Um, and this is where it gets a little bit funny. Uh, they end up going and showing some scenes at the actual precinct, and this is when we're introduced to Mr. Sparkplug. I think the d- director Charles Pierce. After that, they they go to the, they go to the hospital, and she's heavily sedated, um, and you know they just talk about some of her injuries, and then this is where we're, they kind of go back to the precinct and start. Even Wikipedia is like these scenes are totally yeah, pointless. They are, but they're so funny. We have to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, so they, no, to me, it's my they favorite. Go, they go and the, uh, back to the precinct, and they go to Chief Sullivan. They're, all the all the you know officers are gathered around Chief Sullivan's office. 
and this is where we're introduced to our our favorite uh, comic relief in this movie, uh, Sparkflag. And yeah, he's the deputy who works the phones. Um, he's terrible at his job, oh and he's played by our dear director, <laughs> yes, right? The yes, director of the film, did. Charles B. Pierce. Yes. Did yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You did spot on, and. Charles B. Pierce. It shows him plays. first talking about like he's he's handling a call. <laughs> like there's a call that he gets and people are he's he handles it not so it's well. It's like a like a dog. Like there's like a dog and then he yells at the lady that like like that he's gonna like kill her dog or do something to the dog if if it does something if it bites him or something and then and then his boss like right after he ends he's the like, call is like we do not threaten citizens. Well, no, he tells him he's all. Sparkplug, how long have you been here? <laughs> oh. But it's it's also funny because it's like it's it's also a mislead because he has that phone call and you think that he's kind of a stern, like commanding character. Yeah. And then he's immediately shat upon by yeah, his he's like, How long have you been on the force? He's all four months, sir. He's all God, it seems like it's been longer than that. <laughs> it seems so much longer. <laughs> and it's like Dude, Char- Charlie boy, Charlie, did you like, did you just, yeah. it, like, did you write this? I don't know. It's just so funny that he plays the silly ass character. Is he still alive? I don't know. Maybe we can get it. Maybe we can interview him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's doing anything else. Oh man. I want to see everything he's done. Um, so I, I have seen this movie before, but it was a long time ago and I don't remember it being this much of a delight. Oh, man. He died in 2010. Um, oh, he probably had a long life. Yeah. Well, he was born in 38. Yeah. Okay. So he died at 71. I would love to see everything that he Whoa. did. He's, a, he, he's so good his, at Spark his bir- As <laughs> He just celebrated a birthday three days ago. We're recording this June 19th, by the way. His birthday was June 16th. Oh, man. Spark Plug Day, June 16th. <laughs> Mark your calendars. Um, this is this really is a it, yeah. <laughs> it happens is is he he tells him first. He says don't don't talk to anybody like that. Well, she calls back, and he says you yeah. lock up that mangy dog because I'm on my way. He tells. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the guy just rolls his eyes like, like oh, oh can't change spark no. plug. Once a spark plug, always a spark yeah. plug. And then we get the actual cops talking, and um, so, uh, one of the other cops suggests to suggests to the chief to warn teens and college students not to park as they mm-hmm. call it, not to go on lonely roads because they'd be a murderer, but cause they'd be a this murderer was only the first, but this is only the first case. Right? right. So, and in real life there was a lot of crime. So people weren't even freaked out cause nobody died. Yeah. Was, they said yeah. that this, this really didn't cause any alarms because it was oh, just another, you know, attack, whatever. Yeah. But in the movie, the town is it's it's on the mend, and it's a little sweeter of a place. Yeah. So it's a little different. I mean, they're not able to get a, like a warning out, right? Like everyone's still kind of not taking it that seriously. Right. The town does seem way more idyllic and stuff like that. So the next scene, this is where we're going to talk about some age difference, which it's a little mm. weird. It's not too weird. The gap isn't oh. too big. But it, it's a little bit, it's odd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, I think that's why I mentioned earlier, right? The 
Oh, it's a 17-year-old girl, and the guy's 29, Yeah, right? he's 29. I'm 29. Yeah, so oh imagine you with God. a 17-year-old. What not... do you have in common with a 17-year-old right now? Oh, my God. Oh, Unless she... I don't even... I don't play Fortnite. <laughs> um. So the next scene is this crazy-ass scene that's supposed to take place during the nighttime, but it's clearly the day with a filter on. Oh, yeah. And it's so frustrating because, like, towards the end of the sequence, it's like they don't even give a shit. No. You know, they're just like, all right. Like, there's just shadows everywhere. We know know you know it's daytime. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm watching it right now on the TV, and it's just like, there's there's shadows, you know? Yeah. Like... Um, they, they do it in old James Bond movies and they do it in older movies where they just put a, a filter on like a dark and you Trying know, to make it like, seem okay, like it's, it's nighttime. nighttime. This is yeah. a nighttime filter. And it can work on certain times of the day, like right before the sun goes down. This and stuff, is clearly still a not one of those of times. This is not one yeah, of those no, times. There, no, no, no. <laughs> but so, so this happens, um, like, uh, two in the movie time, like two, two weeks later. March 3rd is the first one. March 24th is the next one. So while investigating the lover's lane, while it's, like we said, it's raining super hard, um, Deputy Ramsey hears some guns, and then he finds um, Howard, who is the, uh, wait, do they talk about, they talk about how Howard is the 29-year-old. Yes. And Emma Lou Cook. These are the fake names. Right. The 17-year-old that they started dating. The real names were Richard L. Griffin, age 29, and his girlfriend. They were only dating six weeks. Uh, Polly Ann Moore. She was 17. That's so weird. So fake name. <laughs> what did you say? Howard? What'd you say? What's the guy's name? Gr- Griff- uh, Richard L. Griffin. Howard W. Turner. And Polly and Polly Ann Moore. Emma Lou Cook. <laughs> like is, they do pretty good bizarro names. <laughs> Polly Ann and Emma Lou. <laughs> so um, they find them tied to a tree. And um, Ramsey sees the spotted man escaping. Actually, you know what's funny is I wasn't... I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know if that was clear that he saw the guy. In the movie, he sees him. Yeah, yeah. In real life, this didn't happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there, he wasn't just, like, investigating and hearing gunshots in real life. That's right. bullshit. So he sees the guy get into the car and um, drive away in the car. So that's how they know it's, like, this black Chevy, right? Yeah. And then it cuts to uh, our dear narrator telling us about how the town's selling out of guns and safety equipment. And um, guard dogs is a thing they don't mention in the movie. Yeah, but, um, in real life, they like the the you know the pound and stuff um, was getting a lot of requests for big guard dogs, and even at the time, some of the people that worked for the pound were like, you know, we're in the business of giving pets, like not protection. You know, if you're just going to keep them outside to bark. Yeah. So yeah, the, the town was freaking out. This scene is so funny with the <laughs> with the the rain and the nighttime. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's so day, and it just pisses me off. They're just like, it was raining the other night, and I'm just like, really? Like, I just kind of just figured it was like, you know, sun going down type era, but no, they, they're really sticking to that being the they, nighttime. They, they really are. <laughs> so in, yeah. in real life, the uh, a motorist, a passing motorist, saw the parked car on the road and stopped. 
and he first thought that they were both asleep and Griffin was found between the front seat with his knees and his head like resting across his hands. Yeah. And she was in the back seat, right? Yeah. She had been raped. She had been raped for sure. Face down in the back seat. And Griffin was shot twice in the head while he was still in the car and then once in the back of the head. Both of them were shot in the back of the head and fully clothed. Yeah, and in the movie, Howard's dead in a ditch and the corpse of his girlfriend is just tied to a tree, already dead. Yeah. Yeah. So that, in the movie, they kind of make that his MO. They kind of make it where he ties the women up on trees because he does that again in an, in another scene. Yeah, an insane scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's when they have to call in the big gun, the most legendary Texas Ranger of all, the lone wolf himself. Captain J.D. Morales. Yeah. And the real... The real lone wolf, his name was M.T. Gonzalez. No joke. They really... They really did just barely change the names. (laughs) (laughs) So after arriving... Morales, not Morales, explains that <laughs> that he's that he's taking over the investigation. Boy, and he does. He knows his shit. This guy comes in, slams his dick on <laughs> on the sheriff's desk, and he says, "All right, I'm leaving." Get this me gig. a car. Get me a and car. And a driver. Give me that deputy spark plug. I'm gonna get him to drive me around. Yeah, yeah. Spark plug is so happy to drive him around, and he immediately. Um, forgets the keys. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is this such is a comical real. scene. Yeah, he, the, he's like all proud. He opens the car for the for the deputy and for the lone wolf, and then he sits down and realizes he forgot the keys, and then he goes back and like takes his desk drawer out and pulls it up f- and plops it upside down to look for the keys, and where his superior is just like, "What car are you looking for?" He's like seven. And then he points out, he's like, what's that right there? And then there's just a fucking, there's just a bunch of key hooks with a big ass sign that says car keys. <laughs> and the number seven's hanging right there. Very God, secure. This guy's Very secure moron. Texarkana police station. Very secure. Just car keys. Just but it's funny because he checks, even the deputy, de- uh, deputy spark plug checks the bottom, the, the upper tire. He, like, checks the wheel well. Oh, like, yeah. On his way, yeah, the first thing he does is like, check. Yes, because that's exactly where deputies and sheriffs keep their car keys is on the wheel well. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, oh. um, and then he, well, before he goes and grabs the keys, he says, that's where I was going to check next, sir. And then he immediately, like, turns on his siren and goes super fast. Yeah. While we see this guy, you know, the lone wolf with his cigar, and he's... And then he's like, boy, unless it's an emergency, abo- avoid the, you know, obey not- the, the laws of the road. And he's like, no need for, uh, what does he say? No need for sirens and no need to uh, pass red lights. He's like, this isn't an emergency. So this, this character that the director himself plays is just like. Oh, dude, he's an idiot. Yeah, it's just like over the top. And he's so happy. He's just happy to be away from his desk. He's actually (laughs) away from desk duty. 
Poor spark plug. Poor yeah, spark he just wants plug. he just he just wants to have something to do. He just wants to be a part of the team. He just wants to be important, <laughs> which is why he volunteers a little later. <laughs> yeah. So the next attack, um, they've got it all worked out. They kind of figure out that he's that he's attacking every twenty days or nineteen days or around then. So this falls on the same day as the school prom. And um if when- you thought you thought this movie was silly before we about to get super <laughs> silly here, folks. So they set up decoys. Yeah. Oh, by the way, when they find out, it's funny. The the, the lone wolf is getting his haircut right. And he just walks away from the haircut in the middle of a haircut. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I, that'll do it. He never checks the mirror. Never checks. I've never just gotten up from a haircut when the barbers cut my hair. He's just like, all right, I know what you're thinking. Let's go set up a task force. That'll be it. And then he just gets he's, up. He's that confident. Yeah. He's like, I make this hair look good. I don't need no stinking haircut. The next attack day falls on the day of the high school prom. Yeah. And this is the insane fucking scene in this goddamn movie. It's like inappropriate, but like nicely handled in a weird way. It's funny. I don't know. Yeah. So they decide to set up decoys. Like we're going to have all of the officers um, dress up as couples. In in real life, the officers dressed up as a young couple. Right. So there was females and so there was female and male officers. But this is a movie and we have spark plug. Yeah. And he and some of the other officers to be important. Yeah. (laughs) He volunteers and some of the other officers volunteer to be decoys, but they dress up as full on women women in transvestite regalia. God bless these God bless these queens. None of these none of these dudes look like teenagers. Not a one. No, no, no. There's even like um there's like a fat guy with like hairy legs. And he's, like, sucking on his cigar with his, like, red lipstick. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> um, and, uh, and uh, of course, our dear, dear spark plug is dressed up like a woman, and he immediately gets uh, shit for being, uh, for his his boobs being different sizes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like... there's a scene I had to rewind two times and then put closed captions on. Is <laughs> the cop with the handlebar mustache. Dude. Where big, he says, where he says, dude. uh. Where he says, like, Sam and Alms, you know, I bet you, know, I wonder how I had to, had to get that costume. We just had to look him back in his closet. <laughs> and, uh, so he said something along the lines, like, I bet you he just had to look in his closet for that, for his woman outfit. Yeah. Like, and he it already was that had it. joke. But it was so, like, Southern drawl that I had to put on closed captions. I was like, what the fuck is there this? There was a couple saying? times. There was a couple times when I had to do that. And then I was like, oh, it's offensive. Oh, okay. <laughs> But <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, seeing all these guys come out, all these guys dressed as women, and then holding um, shotguns. Yeah, they're, they're all holding shot. Yeah, there you go. They're holding huge fucking shotguns. What's even better is the next scene. The guy making fun of Sparkplug is his date. <laughs> He's like the man in the car with him. And this is where I change my mind a little and think that this scene is a little ahead of its time and kind of. Weirdly sweet, or maybe just accepting. Yeah, it was not a little. Anybody, not that anybody's an actual transvestite um, in the scene, or you know, not that anybody's a uh, 
you know, LGBTQ or anything like that. It's just, or I don't know. If anything, maybe the partner might be a little. Maybe. Because but he's sitting there. Yeah, he's getting a little frisky with him. <laughs> yeah, when he's sitting there, you know, spark plug is like, you know, and, you know, oh, sure, laugh it up. And then he's like, oh, officer, we got to make, th-. he's like, we got to make you know, this look chief, real. The chief, whatever, said we got to make this look real. So he, like, puts his hand over his shoulder, and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And then he, yeah. like, grabs his shoulder. I mean, that's as much as it gets, yeah. but still. It's, no, and it's then he honks, he honks his fake breast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then right before the scene cuts, he honks one of the fake boobs. And, like, and Sparkplug is so startled, and, like, he, you can see it in his face. Like, he's he's been he's been violated. He like he like turns his head and his wig falls off. That's what it's like to be a woman, spark plug. That that's what it's like to yeah. You know, I feel like there's truth in that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and you ask any man, what would you do if you had boobs? Most of them would say, "I'd play with them." Mm. <laughs> yeah. But spark plug starts beating the deputy, whatever the the dude next to him. Yeah, he starts smacking him. You know, oh, get off me! I'm dressed like a woman. Um, I really do think that the deputy with the, the chubby guy with the handlebar mustache might be uh, oh he must have part of had the a, uh, LGBTQ yeah community. he might have had a little bit of tendencies man now then he now that he's alone he's kind of seeing he's like this guy's dressed up he's not looking so bad <laughs> yeah <clears throat> anyways we cut to the prom uh, and in reality this was not a prom the prom is hilarious too the, pr- the this was not a prom it was actually a nightclub that the kids went to where I don't even know if they were really kids actually um, oh yeah because in the movie it's a prom and what's her face is the trombone player dude. but in real life she was a saxophone player and yeah. it's so funny it's so funny because how would they know that the killer? What? what maybe we will talk about that when we, the scene comes. But God, let's talk about the prom first. Let's. <laughs> okay, so there's lots of people dancing, and you know it's all appropriate. And then you see all these like really young looking kids in the band, and there's just like one pretty like adult lady playing uh, trombone at the end. And then, um, yeah, the there's like two, I guess, teachers. Yeah, because. I mean, they're older girls. Chaperones. They can, they can drink. Right? They're, but yeah. They're, they're yeah, I don't know why it's so secretive. They're not having fun. It's like they want a little bit of a, some booze to make it to, to liven up the the chaperoning. And yeah, so they, two of these teachers, one of them hands the other like a little bottle of liquor that's bright red, just like the punch. Yeah. And then she like very like sneakily, sneakily pours it in her cup and then she hands it to the other teacher and the other teacher slowly raises her glass and looks around yeah before she sips it and makes the funniest face yeah like mm. a ooh <laughs> rum punch <laughs> yeah like just she doesn't say the sound she doesn't say ooh but picture an old lady saying ooh while raising her eyebrows yeah and check my Instagram feed. No, I'm not going to post this episode for a while. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. I'll repost it. It's funny. Um, yeah. And the prom is ridiculous. And then at the end, you see the trombone player get into a, or just leave with a boy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's funny that, I mean, you could, they, they do this prayer scene because it's like, they're trying to make it show that the town is scared. Right. That they're like, keep us safe. 
which is weird because they're at a prom and the prayer scene. I don't remember. They had a prayer. At the yeah. Prom? At the, at the end of the prom the the, I don't know. One of the faculty gets up and prays and he says, keep us safe. Way to like sh- fucking kill the sexy mood. Blah, blah, know? blah. Leave room for Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. Make sure these kids don't go fuck on the hill. And immediately by after having a fucking boner killing prayer. And immediately at after the end of the prom, it doesn't work immediately after the guy says, when you get out of here, let's go park. Let's go park. Let's go fuck. <laughs> I mean park. Uh, and then she says, "Well, no." We In can't. real life, this one is probably the one of the most sad ones because she was like only fourteen and he was fifteen, right? Or, or no, fifteen and sixteen. Oh, she really? was only fifteen that and young? he was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is um, sad. I think that's this one, but I'm not sure because the. What happens in the movie versus what happens in real life is completely insane, especially because this murder is insane. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was 15. So in the movie, it's crazy. They go and park, and then we see him doing his little sneaky, like, I'm in, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid yeah, um, thing 15, behind the car. 16. And then he, like, jumps. <laughs> Did you say she's playing Metal Gear Solid? The guy yeah, with he's the like, killer? He's, like, sneaking behind the car, and... and, sh- and you know, she's scared because of what's going on, right? She's like, I know what's going on. And then before they get too frisky, she's like, take me home. And they're actually going when he's doing his little parkour behind the car. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs, like, or just reaches in the open window and starts, like, punching. And then and then the door opens. So we have the killer hanging onto a swinging front car door yes, it's while very, the car's driving. It's very fast and furious. It's very, like, insane. Yeah, what the fuck is this action movie? <laughs> None of that happened. And then um, he finally pulls out the driver, the boy, and fucks him up real good, right? I don't know. I don't know what he does. He, um, he, 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 like, bashes his head and his head's all bloody. And then the girl crashes into some bushes because there's no driver in the car. Yeah, in real life, he was shot four times. Once through the nose and again through the left fourth rib from behind a third time in his right hand and finally he was shot through the back of the neck um two miles away so he definitely died yeah yeah she was found two miles away behind a tree she was fully clothed and she was shot twice uh once through the chest and once through the face she had her she had her saxophone on her right and it was like discarded in a and they found it like way later in the woods. Yes, they they found it 6 months later. There was some there was one random lead. This is the real in real life. There was one random lead of somebody going up to a pawn shop and asking how much they would pay for a saxophone that matched the description mm-hmm. and then he never came back. And then they just found the saxophone in the woods. Mm, so you think he was Some people think that that lead was is nothing. You know, because the saxophone was probably obviously just ditched in the woods at right after the murder. Yeah. But yeah, in the movie, it's a little different. So Paul gets taken out pretty quick and um, a chase ensues through the brush because she, the girls, the car crashes into the brush and the murderer chases um, her through the woods and she gets caught by him pretty quick. And then she gets tied up to the tree, right? Oh, yeah. This is what I thought was kind of crazy. Because in the in the movie, it shows, you know... It's a 
fucked up good scene. I like this scene in the movie, but it's not. She's a she's a trum in the movie. She's a trombone player. She's really plays a saxophone in real life. Yeah, but it and shows we'll, and, him. And we'll get in, and it we'll understand why. Yeah, they it, made the trombone choice. I think right. It shows him tying the knife to the end of a trombone after he had already <laughs> tied her up. And you're like, what the fuck? And it shows him practicing. He's, he's not blowing in it because he's got the mask. Well, at first he blows into it, right? Right. Well, no, he, he goes, blows into it the whole time, but no, no sound comes out because he's got well, the, the mask Well, the first on. time he blows into it, there's sound. Was remember? there? I don't remember if there was sound Yeah, the first that's time. why the other part kind of confused me. Well, I'm like, what is he doing? So... At first, I I was like, "What is that?" Because the scene's dark, and it's you know, it's in the, the this movie was shot in the seventies, so you can't really. Yeah, this tell. one was actually filmed at night. Good job, guys. Yeah, so you can't really. We tell. can see. We can tell what's go. I I mean, you, yeah, enough. Yeah, but I'm like, what did he get out? At first, I thought it was a chainsaw, and then I was like, oh no, that's a that's an instrument. <laughs> but yeah, he yeah, uses he, it. He has like this leather strap to where he ties. The knife to the end of like the you know a trombone is the one you kind of push in and out. Yeah, um, and he uses if, it if you can't picture what it is. And he uses it to kill to stab her in the back several times. Yeah, and but in like a scene and where it's yeah, fucked so, up. so so he blows in it, and like we said earlier, his mask like inflates and then he sucks the air in and it deflates and it, it it's and and I think and this so is he starts this is doing the scene that. where you notice more his his eyes and you notice more of the yeah. mask because it's so dark and his eyes are so blue and the guy who plays him who's a stunt double who worked on a lot of classic movies um has these striking blue eyes I don't know if it's contacts but mm-hmm. he has these striking blue eyes it's weird he like makes this thing he ties this thing up but um actually well, before he does the whole trombone thing, he um, the boyfriend actually does kind of like start crawling around, right? What a fucking asshole, though. I forgot about that. He She tells him to run away, and rather than try to save her life, he fucking runs away. <laughs> he doesn't. He tries to. <laughs> no. He tries really he runs. hard to run away. Yeah, but I he, mean, he's already so fucked up because I he guess. was like shot. Yeah. And then, and so he like, he you know, and she's like, get out of here, go out of here. And her acting in this scene is not good, but no. I get it must have been awkward because she's like, there's parts where she's just like, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Like it's that, <laughs> like I'm doing the exact line reading. She says the line so much and over and over that there's a weird realism to it. So I don't know. Yeah. She says, God, no, God, no. It's interesting. In the movie, I don't, they don't say whether they find the instrument. No, they don't mention anything else about the instrument. I guess they do, but because they, they do talk about later. About how he used the trombone to kill her, and now it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So before he stabs her, he kind of tests out his little doohickey with the knife attached to the end of the trombone, and yeah, he does that weird like blowing into cloth thing that. God. And it's and it's he so effective. overdoes it. The actor over like he he really fucking overdoes it, like in a good way. Like I don't know. Yeah, I think it's very <laughs> effective. Yeah, totally. Anyways, Roy, Pussy Boy Roy, runs off in the middle of this, and he's end up he ends up getting shot. Homeboy gets shot, like trying to escape. Oh, even before she she gets stabbed, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, and then when he actually blows the uh, trombone, it's pretty intense. It's pretty fucking intense. Oh no, it is. Um, I mean, it is corny, and the sound just sounds like a. Boop. 
like when he's the stabbing just kind of sounds like a yeah and she's not i don't know i don't know if she's screaming the way a person being stabbed would scream yeah but but that there's a shot of her like you know glove that goes all the way up to her elbow yeah like that's tied around and it's kind of just like losing life that's that's weirdly creepy he uh, he gets the trombone. He's like, "What is what is this? What is he doing?" He decides, "Just I'm gonna I'm gonna make this tool." So in real life, nobody was murdered with any sort of brass instrument whatsoever. <laughs> um, they did find her saxophone in the woods a lot later, but it was a part of the investigation. It was it was a mystery. It was a what happened to the saxophone that we know she had with her. I think some one of her friends said that she had a that she had the saxophone when she left or something like that. I don't know something like that. This dude is murdering her, and he's straight up like this. Like his eyes are so big, but his body too. Like he uses yeah. his shoulders and then the and whole mask. This... I'm watching it over again. Just it doesn't just do this. It puffs out like this. It inflates and then constricts. It is so good. And it's his whole physical performance. It's actually it actually is pretty good. It's pretty unnerving. Anyways, yeah. The next morning, the deputies show up and they find the trombone, and they find the remains of both of the victims. They find the trombone. I don't remember them finding the trombone. Yeah, I just saw he hold. He's holding the trombone, like not even like using gloves he's just yielding the officer's just yielding the trombone it's the holding 40s it all, that makes holding sense. it all willy-nilly this movie was made in 1973 when cops were still being befuddled by terrible serial killers committing obvious crimes also it's another thing i want to mention too is that Damn, this fool sucked at killing people in real life, for especially. Yeah, he was a terrible shot. He was bad. He was bad at his at his duty. He was bad at what he was doing. He was a bad serial killer. If you're gonna be a serial killer, do it right. It's insane that he never got caught. They. It makes me wonder, like you know, all these serial killers that came out like in the seventies, some of them in the late sixties. Like, what happened? Like, were people really killing people before and they just didn't put them together? Was it just, like, people were more organized around this time to where they could, like, oh, this is the same dude. And, like, all these other murders just went unsolved. Yeah. I mean, shit, it happened a lot back then. Um, But isn't it crazy? Like, it happened a lot. That's when, like, serial killers became a thing. I mean, that's the thing. I think we've talked about it before, the whole... uh, People saying that America has the most serial killers, but it's also like, well, there's a lot of America and everybody pretty much has a competent legal system. Like, I think we're just finding more serial killers. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just Um, better at finding them. Also, I think Germany, is it Germany or Russia? I think it's Germany that has a lot of serial killers, but they're just saying that they have a really, really, really good police system the way they figure shit out. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that there's more serial killer, serial killers. It's just that it's just they're better at like yeah they catch more of them. It's crazy. Yeah, we did talk about that. I forgot. Um, so the next part in the movie is these uh, authority figures meeting for a steak dinner. I like this scene. 
and um, where we th- this is where we meet uh, psychiatrist Doctor Cress, whose real name was probably Doctor Hess or Doctor Jess or something. Yeah, it doesn't say. There is truth in this scene. I don't think they were all eating a fancy steak dinner, but basically, this guy is meeting the the officers to tell them what his uh, psychological evaluation of the suspect might be. Yeah, and yeah he's is, profiling him. Basically. Yeah, he's profiling him. There you go. Whether or not they met for dinner and he was like, you guys already ordered? All right, medium rare steak. Yeah. I don't know. Let me get into it. His profile was basically that the Phantom is highly intelligent. He's a sadist. He's got a strong sex drive. He's between the ages of 35 and 40. That one I have more questions on. That's specific. That's only five years. The doctor also pretty much tells them that there's no chance they're going to catch him. Like he, uh, he's, he's pretty confident that this guy is smarter than them and ahead of them. That was, that was very interesting. And it's like, is that just kind of a story thing, you know, to kind of allude to the ultimate, you know, the ending, or is that just, you know, is that like something that the doctor actually said? Like if you guys capture him and that's another thing that's repeated in the movie later, it's like, if, if you know if you guys capture him, it's it's gonna be like pure luck or something like that. Yeah, possibly they could just be alluding to, hey, we never caught this guy. What I do like about this scene though is, have you ever seen the movie Duel about that crazy truck driver? You never see the truck driver's face. So Duel is about Duel. Is that the Steven Spielberg movie? I think it's a Steven Spielberg movie. So what the premise of Duel is? I've never seen Duel. It was like yeah, a TV good. movie, right? My mom showed it to me. My mom showed it to me one day, and she's like, you need to watch this movie. And I, I was like, wow, I was fascinated. That's what I loved so about weird. It. Sorry to cut you off, but that's so weird because my mom was talking about Duel the other day. Really? And I feel like she forgot about it. Like she heard about it on one of like a, a radio or whatever she listens to. She like yeah. listens to Coast to Coast a lot. And she was like, yeah, you ever seen Duel, Steven Spielberg? Um and I was like, no. And then she was like, I, I, like, I feel like somebody Dude. reminded her of it. Like she had never. And she showed it to me when I was young. She showed it to me when I was so young. I've never seen and, that. And I know it's an it's early a good Spielberg movie. movie. Yeah, I've it's never a seen good it. Movie. And I love Spielberg. What I, what I loved about it was it's very, they, they took, you could tell this guy watched this. He was heavy into it because they never show the killer's face, right? And in this movie, they never show the killer's face. So Duel's like. Duel is a very psychological thriller. It's like it's a fucking like, slasher on wheels, like Death Proof dude, or what? You'd, you'd love it because it's it's it just doesn't make sense. It's just this guy is driving on this road and he pisses off a semi-truck driver. And the entire movie is this crazy-ass semi-truck driver and him having this fucking road rage. And he stops off and has food and and you only see the dude's boots. This is very like oh. this movie. So you you only see you can you, you you know when it's the killer because you see his boots. And so this scene shows they're eating steak and the killer walks up and shows his shoes. And like it's yeah, been showing yeah, the entire yeah. time. Shows him in the mud, you know, getting dirty. Dude, I need to see Duel. It's good. You'd like it. I'm I like I'm surprised. And then it's great because the resolution at the end it's it's just great. I liked it. I'm sure. I'm not going to give it away. But I'm sure yeah, you've you, seen uh, Death Proof, right? Of course. Yes, of course I've seen Death Proof. This is a lot like Tamer. This is more yeah. like reality. This is just like, uh, I just pissed some some dude off and he's trying to run me off the road kind of. And it's just, it's just about road rage. That's all it's about. I need to see that. It's good. 
they you never see the killer's face. It's just very eerie. Like he's always around and you know because his shoes. Dude. And I think it's great. Um we were talking about this weird side story, right? And this could completely be cut out of the movie. I don't know why they did it. Well, I guess they did it to fill time. Well, we get this um, gentleman. Oh, because this was real. The African-American guy who talks about um, this dude who, like, threatened him and said that, um, like, he's like, ah, I already killed five people in Texarkana. Like, what's another yeah. one? So this really happened? This actual part yeah, really yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. Well, this guy comes in and he like weaves this story and tells the investigators that, you know, that, yeah, he picked up this dude and he confessed in his car while he's driving him. And in the movie, he tells him that he's going to drive. The guy asked him for to give him a ride just two miles up the road. So I think the guy gives him gas money, right? He gives him like a dollar for gas. Yeah, um, something like that. And he ends up saying that he needs a ride to his car, but he ends up driving like eight miles and tells him, he's like, hey, man, I, I can't get back. Like, I know you gave me money, but this ain't going to cover it. And the guy says, what makes oh, you gonna think it? you're going to get back? Yeah. So he says he, <laughs> gives, he asks for his car, his, his uh, wallet. The guy gives him the wallet. He says, which yeah, it gets it's crazy. He shows him. He says, if you I know where you live. I know what kind of car you drive. If I ever see you. I know where you, you ever live, tell the police, boy. Yeah. If you ever tell the police, I'm coming after you. And he says, I've never been scared in my life, and this guy scared me. <laughs> He's never been scared ever? Not even as, like, a boy? That's what he says. I've never um, been scared in my life. And he's scared now. And uh, so Lone Star Deputy T- TJ, 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 Hooker. TJ Hernandez, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a funny scene, too. Wait, wait, I, next- I, I want to see how many... How many- <laughs> How many first letter initials with Hispanic last names we can come up with right now? Um, Dominguez. Um, CJ Dominguez. Ramirez. TZ Ramirez. Sanchez. HJ Sanchez. Uh, Gomez. BJ Gomez. <laughs> BJ Gomez is my favorite. <laughs> um, now I'm on the spot. TZ uh, Carmona. C- Castro. CT Castro. Um, oh, T. C. Castillo. Benavides. <laughs> oh, yeah. D.B. Benavides. That's just Dan. Uh, uh, wait, don't you have a middle name? Daniel. <laughs> Edie Dominguez. <laughs> I love it. So, anyways, this next scene is pretty comical, too. So, um, they get a call for a dude who stole some shit, right? At a convenience store. And the cops are on it. They end up going on a wild police chase. And fucking Deputy Sparkplug dips the car in the fucking swamp. You don't remember that? Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Like, once again, this whole comical side story of, like, an ineffectual... Not ineffectual... Is that right? Ineffectual. It's cop. very, it's very like Barney Fife, like <laughs> just like, <laughs> or a little bit of J, uh, uh, J W Peppa from the James Bond movies. I shouldn't be a cop, but I am. They let me drive this car, and I'm gonna drive it in the swamp. Yeah. So everybody comes to. They're stopping this guy who matches the description that the African-American dude said. Okay, there's like a guy who I gave him a ride and he said he was going to kill me. 
So they stop this guy, and everybody like it's like it's like kind of like that scene at the beginning. Like one by yeah. one, you see these cops pull up, and you hear their sirens, and then um, of course, Deputy Sparkplug with the fucking lone wolf in tow, and also the deputy. Like he just runs off the road and into a swamp. And the car just starts sinking, and everyone's just yeah. like, oh, spark plug. <laughs> and then by the end of the scene, he's getting into another car to drive it. And then he's like, nope. And the lone wolf is like, yeah, I'm not driving with him again. I'm not driving with and you it's anymore. it's funny, but it's also like, why are we giving this guy another why car? We- I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why are they letting this guy drive? Anyway, so this dude that they were chasing... They think he's a suspect for the He admits the to a lot of and he this, does. this is real. A lot of people That's so weird. A lot of Why people admitted to like they took credit for these crimes. It's but weird. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. The forties were a different time. I guess they wanted notoriety, or maybe some of these people were already in jail, but a lot there was a lot of Didn't weird Texas tips. practice the death penalty back then? I think so. We still do, baby. That's so Weird. Well, now I know that, but <laughs> I mean, gee whiz. Anyways, that dude shows up and he's like, "That's him. That's that dude. He gave me a dollar, and he took my money." Yeah, he was like, money. "You owe me a dollar." <laughs> well, again, going back to the uh, gay deputy sheriff, he asks if he can ride in the back seat with this gentleman, this racist asshole. Oh yeah, the LGBT, the like, LGBTQ. Boy, handlebar, handlebar mustache, mustache guy. guy. He says, "Well, if you don't mind, sir, I'd like to ride the back seat with him the entire time." Yeah, and then he's like, "I think that can, that'll be okay." And then he's real excited. Like, I feel like he's a tough cop. Like he's gonna beat him up because he's a bad, bad boy. But, but at the same time, maybe he just wants to beat that sweet meat. Sorry, he I also had to grabs him. The alliteration. He also grabs him by the belt. If you notice in the movie, he grabs him when he's pulling him. He grabs him by the belt. He was a rather weird... handsome fellow. Yeah. Oh, another thing that I wanted to mention while I was watching this movie. They, okay, I know they don't go into a lot of the investigation, but doesn't it seem like there's a lot of people that the lone, the lone wolf is just like, that's not the killer. Nope, that's not the killer. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I yeah, it's like you're letting you know? a lot of people go due to your like, lone wolf hunches or... Yeah, your gut. Like, he's just immediately like, nah, he ain't the killer. I mean, the guy said he came from New Orleans that day, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't believe that he did it. When he put him in the car, I was immediately like, oh, he's he's too short, but... And this is where we see some yeah some definite child pornography dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, children... Uh, on like what do they call tire swings tire swing like there's just narration saying that oh it's summer and the town's chilling and it's good and so there's like these two boys on tire swings with their uh they butt naked the like like the first shot is very far away and i thought they had like trunks on yeah yeah i I did boxers yeah i did too and then the second shot you see is a kid, and you just see... Butt-ass naked. Yeah, you, well, you just see, like, uh, the white, like, shorts mark. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where <laughs> he has, like, some tan lines, some sweet, sweet tan lines. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's the 40s. That's not weird. They're basically showing all this to show that the the, the town's calmed down a little bit. 
People aren't as frantic. People aren't buying guns anymore. Yeah. There's two unattended children swinging <laughs> on a tire swing in the lake, you know. By the way, they have no clothes on. <laughs> that implies that everybody's safe. Yeah, so they show this woman leaving a grocery store, and she's getting helped out by one of the the bagger boys. What do you call him? Bag boy? Bag boy. He helps load her groceries in, and uh, she's ri- driving a sweet, sweet red, uh, whatever kind of car it was. <laughs> sweet, sweet red one. It's the forties. Sweet, not sweet that red one. It's yeah. The, all the up until this point, all the other ones were like black or green or mint. This is red, sexy red. Like okay, so tell me if I'm wrong. Every car in this movie is the exact same with a different paint job. Yeah, no, it looks like that. <laughs> some sort of Ford, I'm sure. Yeah, some like 140s car they got. It just got a whole lot of them. I, I don't even think I don't even think we talked about that like insane drift sequence um, when the the deputy is hearing the, the gunshots like in the beginning of the film and that terrible daylight fake night scene. Like there's oh, some yeah, there's some su- sweet sweet drifting as as Joe Bob would say. There are definitely, I would say there's drifting foo and 40s car foo for sure. Yep. Just too, just over, yeah. And then there's even a couple of like slow shots of the car, of cars driving yeah. down the road. And it's like, it's not, it's not as cool as you think it looks. I don't think there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a weird directorial choice. Yeah. I didn't understand. That, that looks like some amateur bullshit, but, but whatever. I'll allow it, I guess. I mean, come come on, for God's sake, we have crazy comedy that shouldn't be in this movie, but it is. Yeah. And the and music sometimes is... just goes straight up like... Yeah, like super bar... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, what's, that, what's that theme song? The theme... Benny Hill. Yeah. Like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is the next scene that terrifies me. So this guy... It, it seems like it's a crime of opportunity this time where he sees this woman, he's attracted to her, uh, and then he starts following her home. And she comes home and I guess stalks her the entire evening because it shows her getting ready for bed. Her husband is in the living room reading his newspaper. And she's like, Do you hear something? Do you hear somebody outside? He's like, Nah. Did you break something? So. Yeah. And she fucking gets shot through his window. And that's fucking terrifying to me that's yeah. always my biggest fear <laughs> some shit happening through my window while i'm inside well there's interesting things um about this a lot of people think this was not actually so this did sort of happen in real life a lot of people think this is not an actual murder by the same guy who did the killings of the kids up at the lover's row it was a different gun it was like a 22 rather than a 34 i believe that's right yeah. It was just weird that he shot somebody inside their house. Yeah. The movie makes it clear that it is definitely the same. Our same oh, yeah. Our they same show guy. him. They show his mask. Well, they don't show him. They show the mask and they show that he's. But interestingly enough, there is a reason to believe that this might be connected because this murder was committed very close to one of the investigator's home. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that was I didn't know that. somebody that was close to uh, the case 
lived very close to this. This that could just be a coincidence. And Texarkana was a, pretty murdery at the time. Uh, <laughs> some people, a lot of murder. yeah. Some people think that this is not the same guy. I mean, Texarkana is not that big, so there could be coincidences like that. Well, she ends up living, right? It, this this up... scene is the most intense in the whole fucking film, and and we're getting yeah. towards the end here. But yeah, he gets shot a couple times, and he's and he's struggling for a little bit. And when she notices him, and right. then she like reaches for the phone, but he's like breaking his way in. When he like shoots her in the face, like twice, the cheek. he shoots her twice. He shoots her through the cheek first, and then you see her like struggling. And then you see like kind of blood like skip off of the top of her head, and you th- and I thought she was just shot in the head, dude. I thought but, she was so she dead. Was still, I thought she was like really, really dead. She was still going. And apparently, in real life, when they found her, her, uh, her, the bullet was lodged right under her tongue. Under her tongue, yeah. Oh fuck, it's so crazy. This really is like the movie for all its hoo ha and and fun Benny Hill like comedy. This scene is. It's pretty visceral, and it's like yeah, it, it's like it a serious. it's like a, a really good. Uh, it's like it's from a really good Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, and he's he's just chasing her through the. She's trying to get to some sort of shelter, and he's just following her. He finds it. He ends up finding one of her shoes. Yeah, this is a. It's a long scene, and it's relentless. And I really do think that this guy that played the Phantom Killer is. So like good. It, it's it's a performance, you know. Some people they like, you know. Everyone's like, everybody likes their own, like Kane Hodder, and I mean, for my money, the weirdest Walker, um, the great Nick Castle who played uh, Mike Myers, Michael Myers <laughs> in the original Halloween movie, and who's just John Carpenter's friend from film school, and he directed some cool ass fucking movies. We just googled him. Yeah, hey, and he also reprised his role again in the 2018 version of Halloween. Yeah, but not for like for I I, I don't know where he actually is. Um, because he's barely there. He's kind of got a gut now, so I feel oh, like they he? kind of I feel like he was more of like a supervisor. Maybe they used him from behind a couple of times, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I I love that new Halloween movie, and I I got that dad. Bod. The guy who played him is is dad a stunt double. Hard. Um, yeah, but fucking the guy, okay, Nick Castle, who went to, he was just hanging out on the set and they were like, put on the mask, Nick, and you can be Mike Myers. He directed, uh, such films as The Last Starfighter, which is an amazing ripoff of Star Wars. Probably the best. (laughs) Have you ever seen Last Starfighter? No, never. The Last Starfighter is about the kid who is really good at this arcade game and they like call him up to like save the galaxy. You never seen it? He like lives in a trailer no. park. Oh yeah, dude, it's dope. Never, it's dope. It's the most successful Star Wars ripoff. And then he also did fucking Dennis the Menace, which is a delightful movie with Walter Matthau, and the one uh, kid Apple. who was only in Rushmore. After that, I guess. And then fucking Major Pain, which is kind of a Major Pain. That was kind of a big part of my childhood. Uh, I like that movie. We had a cool, hip uh, teenage babysitter who let us watch Major Pain all the time. You want, and we, we, you we, want we, to dance? We used to quote it as like really little kids because our cool, hip um, 90s babysitter would let us watch it. <laughs> that's funny. But that's interesting. Sorry, Shinfo. Okay, wait. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we were just talking about great performances by people just wearing masks. 
And it's just in the way you look and the way you present your body. And in, in this one, the way you breathe and the way yeah, your eyes beam bright blue. <laughs> he, yeah. he does have crazy blue eyes. Crazy blue eyes. After this scene, he chases her to, I guess, I'm assuming, one of the neighbors. She crawls her way over there. And oh, yeah, the old people guess, come out and, ex- and inspect. Yeah, she had been banging on the windows and just trying to get some attention over here. And he comes out with a shotgun, kind of basically saves her life, not realizing what he's doing. I don't think he ever sees the dude in the mask. But the guy in the mask definitely sees him because he's hiding in the shadows. Yeah, well, it seemed like uh, he would have been like, fuck it. But then the wife came out and then he kind of disappears. Yeah. Dude, I thought he was going to kill the dog. I thought for sure. I was like, don't kill that dog. Do not kill that dog. I'm trying to think. Did he kill dogs? Oh, no. I was just just listening to that. uh, Man in the window. Yeah, the man in the window that podcast about the golden state killer um he killed some dogs asshole i know the old couple basically saves this woman's life and the narrator chimes in and says that she ends up living she ended up recovering the killer backed off and i believe this was his last attempt at murdering that they give him credit for the real killer anyway yeah and the the narrator also chimes in about how people are terrified, just like Eli still is to this day, of being in front of their windows after nightfall. Dude, I am, because I can't see out there. You know what's Anybody actually could... kind of funny? And this has what? nothing to do with this, but there's two windows like on the side of the front doors to our house, and yeah. um, the blinds are totally fucked. So people, like, my mom was saying, Anybody my mom could... was saying, like, you need blinds. Like, when I pull up, I can just see you sitting on your couch watching TV. And the other day I like, I like just got a fucking towel and just put it over that, just the one window, just on that side where you can just see me all the time. Yeah. yeah, Cause the other window, you just see the garage door. You can't see shit. And it's like a bad angle. But I was like, I just don't, yeah, I don't like that. I can never avoid somebody either. If someone just knocks Uh, on the door. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I'm not home. Yeah. (laughs) You're home, bitch. I see you playing video games. Yeah. I mean, they could go around the side and look into the other window. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I'm an open book. Come over. <laughs> Message me on Instagram. I'll give you the address if you're in town. He will. He re- he really will. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you want to sit and watch uh, Unsolved Mysteries with me? Let me know. <laughs> you could be on the podcast. Uh, drink some Lone Stars and some PBRs. Well, it's High Life tonight, but I have some. Oh, I have commemorative life. glasses right now. I'm I'm drinking out of a Halloween cup. Um, speaking of that movie, the new Halloween movie, <laughs> got Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis funny. right here with her shotgun as a PTSD um, victim of the terrible crimes that happened to her in the first film. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, they they credit this as the last kind of attempt at killing for this, this murderer. Yeah, well, see, that's the... Because... <laughs> The shot through the window and chasing the lady down, we don't know if that was actually him. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it was. And that's when it ends. But it also, I don't know, it seems like he could have just been escalating. Could be. Trying something new and he's like, this isn't working. And just the way he shot these people so many times and didn't kill them. Like, it's his it's his M.O., right? He's terrible at killing people. He's, Isn't that crazy? Was sucks. it his gun? Does his gun just suck? I don't know. He sucks. <laughs> Either way, well, he, 
for murdering people anyway. That, that that's a kind of sucky thing, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, in the movie, they say that the bullets do match, and that's why they say that it confirms that he's a killer. But in real life, the guns were not a match. The ballistics and stuff. So these guys are at a loss. They're just like, fuck this. We don't know what to do. Yeah. And then they get a call on the yeah. radio. Well, he's behind. They, they say that the killer's behind schedule. Because up until this point in the movie, the killer has been striking. Like every him. 19 to like 21 days or something like that. Three weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that's when they get a call. So this last part is complete and utter bullshit, right? I don't think any, oh, none of this happened. Fucking, they farted this scene. <laughs> they farted this ass. one out in the writer, <laughs> writer's room, writer room, because it was just one guy in his fucking kitchen. Um, they farted this part out. <laughs> farted? They did. Um, so they get a report um, that there's... Stolen car matches the one from the Turner and Cook murders, eh? It's like a 38 black Chevy, something like that. So they get there, and the cop's like, uh, another cop's there, somebody's there. And they're like, Does, do people go hanging out up there, uh, Lover's Lane? And he's like, not lately. So they go up there, and they catch a glimpse of the killer just like perching on a cliff for some reason. Yeah, for some odd reason. He's, uh, and they shoot him, chilling. and he notices. He makes a head jerky movement and notices. And then he runs He runs into the nearby shrubbery, the bush, if you're in Australia. And then in the epic, like, third act, getting away at the last minute, there's a train coming. And the phantom with his long legs. He's really skinny. You see those skinny legs all the time in the movie. Yeah. Tall, skinny guy. He jumps in front of the train just in time. But he's limping, man. He's tired. And these guys, fucking Lone Star, Lone Wolf, whatever, and Deputy Bobby Briggs, they're just shooting. They're just shooting through the bottom of a fucking moving train. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I mean, lands. I ain't no... I ain't no uh, engineer or i don't know shit about trains or guns really but it seems like a bad idea holy shit but i do want to say that that scene where they do shoot him in the leg is very cool um that stunt double because the guy is a stunt double who plays him holy shit you're not gonna believe what i just saw what look at this oh shit what scene is that where they're shooting under the train oh my god eli Oh my god. That's pretty Look at that. He looks pretty comfortable. Yeah, he does. Well, I don't know why he's shirtless. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. He's holding a Okay, sorry camera. for the audience. Eli found a great screenshot of these guys shooting right under the train and there's a cameraman clearly on the moving train without his oh, shirt because no. it was a hot day out there in Texarkana. Probably. And he's just Damn, they missed it, dude! I can't believe I just saw that. Do you? I, I never catch shit like that. Like you know, you, I don't either. You go on IMDb and it's always there. That's amazing. You got to send me that screenshot. Yeah, I never catch that shit myself. Like those nerds who were like water bottle and Westeros. I'm fucking pissed. Rewrite the whole fucking season. 
Did we mention when they're eating their steak dinner and talking about the guy's psychological profile that we see his infamous boots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I brought up Duel. Yeah. That's why I brought it up because we were at that scene and I was like, oh, yeah. Wow, dude. That guy is in a lot of... He's in a lot of frames. There's just a guy on the train. <laughs> yeah, he is. Do I'm trying to see if we even see his angle of the moving train, of a camera on a no, moving train. No, they never show that. It's just they never use that footage. So they're shooting under the train, and there's clearly a guy there. It's it's pretty great. But I really do think the effect of when they actually shoot. So um, Lone Star, Lone Star, Lone Wolf, sorry, our Texas Ranger, nicks him in the leg. And this guy's a stunt double, so he kicks his leg out from under him, and it lo- really kind of—it looks like it, he got shot in the leg. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the train moves by, and there's not that much train left, but our phantom killer is nowhere to be found. It's probably ten minutes ahead of us. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Poor deputy's like, "Dang, I think he's done it again." Yeah. Outwitted by a fucking moron. And for some reason, there was some guy with a camera videotaping the whole thing. Yeah, so then there's this that little scene where they're like, let's call the bloodhounds because we have a little bit of blood, but there's nothing. They can't find shit. Um, the, the scent ends at the swamp. And then <laughs> the end of the movie is like, some people think he disappeared in the swamp, and he's just a swamp man, and he's just a swamp guy now. Yeah. But we all know that that is a load of shit. There, there's actually a lot of rumors as to what actually happened in real life, who this killer was. But the movie, you know, we get the bloodhounds chasing him, and they just lose the scent. The last scene that I actually do think is kind of cool and Kind of yeah, meta, I think especially so too, for its sure. time. So we see what current day Texarkana, right? Right. We see current day Texarkana, and we see people in their seventies garb waiting outside to see the town that dreaded sundown. Right on Christmas, it even shows it on Christmas. Like they're outside. There's a Santa. Oh, there's. I didn't notice that. Yeah, dude, it was all decorated all Christmas. They and had then, the garland all over the awning. And, and then what do we see, Eli? And you see his fucking shoes. You see those shoes, those skinny legs. Those fucking shoes from Duel. The same truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he's same. going in to enjoy this movie. Yeah. Just like the rest of us. Just like the rest He's still and out there. And that's what scared He's those walking people. free. And that's the scariest thing, right? That this guy just got away with it. That would be scary, actually. Um, can we talk about how people think he's a Zodiac? We already talked about that at the beginning. Yeah, right? a little bit. Um, they they say there's differences. Uh, their height was not the same. Um, didn't he? Didn't the Zodiac bite some people, or is that? Or am I thinking of Golden State? I think, he, I think Golden, Golden State, State bit State, some people. Golden didn't he? State bit people. I don't think this guy bit people, but um, or I'm talking. I'm, well, Texarkana did. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I don't think Zodiac killed people or bit people. Um, there's some differences yeah. as far as height. One of they're like oh, really? a, a foot off. I think 
they say the Texarkana guy was like six foot or something like that, and I think Zodiac they say was a lot taller than that. Um, but you know who knows. Um, the one, yeah, I the one suspect the Zodiac was bigger. The one suspect that they do have is a guy named Yule Sweeney. And well, before Yule, let's talk about that kid. I don't remember his name. Oh, the one that the worked. Kid, the one that worked at the movie theater. Yeah, he worked at the movie theater where a lot of the couples went before they died. He was in band with the saxophone girl. Yeah, and he had some connections to the other guys, and he killed himself. And in his letter, he said he admitted to killing one couple and trying to kill the older couple, the the one through the window. Yeah. But, um, but that's in a suicide note, and that's pretty much all we have is that he he was a college kid. He had connections to some of the victims, but that's it's a little thin, you know, especially in this kind of small town. According right? to authorities, the only major suspect was a man by the name of Yule Lee Sweeney. And the reason is uh, they have statements from his wife. And varying statements from his wife. Yeah, she did change her story quite a bit. But she did have details that only the killer would know. So the first story that she tells was that they went to a movie, right? And they were out parked and he's like hold on i gotta take a piss and he they were philandering he leaves for an hour that's a long piss um and then when he comes back he's all wet and not in a good way (laughs) i think she later said that he said that he might have been going out to rob somebody no no but then the other story she tells no that happens later so she comes back and tells a different story and says this is when she says that she's a little bit more involved in what happened. And she says, yeah, he wanted to go rob these people. And she was there. And she saw it. And, yeah, this is when her story changes a little bit. And this yeah, is like also she when she participate gave... in the murders. And, right. And then at that point, like, she shot the kid. She shot the dude. Yeah. And then. Um... Through his planner or date book or some shit. And then the girl didn't want to consent to having sex with this Dude, guy who just yeah. murdered her boyfriend. And he says, I tried getting some from her. Which is not something I would tell my wife. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. But um, anyways, the key was that Peggy, his wife, knew details that they didn't publish out to the public. And only the killer would know that. So... One of the yeah. one, one of the major ones was that they they threw the book out, his book. And whatever happened to this guy, this Yule? He died. He ended up dying. Um, they never they they didn't have any evidence. Um, but he was actually convicted of a different crime. Of I believe it was auto theft. And he had oh a, yeah that's right he had a record. Since he had a record, they just they gave him life a life sentence, right? Yeah, he was released from prison in 1973, and that was on the previous conviction. Yeah, yeah, they said that they he, he got out because his lawyer he had a shitty lawyer. Yeah, at some point, basically, 
and they deemed that his counsel was not like, like ineffective. He didn't have good representation. Yeah, yeah, in effect. Yeah. So, yeah, he's out. Um, and the involvement, like the investigation, just kind of died. They didn't talk about it anymore. So, I <laughs> thought so said he's out. Like he's still probably alive. No, he's definitely dead. <laughs> that dude is dead. He died in ninety four. He's roaming among us. Oh wow, that's a, oh that's 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 why the guys time. that's why the guys in BuzzFeed made that joke about Those... him. he could he could create he could murder all these people but still see Jurassic Park before he died. <laughs> Just saw still see Jurassic Park in theaters. That was so funny. Fucking, yeah, yeah. I was like. <laughs> Those guys won me over. I'd never seen that before. Yeah, they have, they have a whole series. Yeah, they'd probably check them out. <clears throat> um, Anyways, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we our two sources are this movie, the Wikipedia page for the actual crime, and BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> yeah, we'll credit those. But yeah, I this movie is fun. It's all over the place. It's kind of a mess. But it's also I it's it's got mer- it's got its merits. Yeah, I think it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, and I yeah. actually liked it. I liked, uh, we used fun a lot, but yeah, I liked, yeah. It, I kind of liked that it it's an bad. old old like old school slasher film. I I I dig those. I like watching those just to kind of for the nostalgia. I think. Um, yeah, dude, you. I'm excited for you. You've never seen Black Christmas. No, it's a treat. Wait, wait till Christmas time. Actually. Um, in December, oh man, I, I, I've got the full month plan for, for horror movies. Yeah, dude, we got, we got, uh, better watch out. Have you seen that one? No. It's about this kid, like 12 year old kid in a Christmas sweater who goes crazy. It's a newer one. It's good. Krampus, which I was going to say, we're going to do Krampus. Krampus is amazing. It's like gremlins for a a new audience. Adam Scott's in that, right? Oh, dude, it's yeah. You've seen it, right? No, I haven't. No, no, I've only I I planned on watching it. I never saw it. Krampus is Gremlins good. Like, like they made it like an '80s creature fun horror comedy. It's amazing with a big budget. And then um, Black Christmas, of course, because it's the greatest. And then the fourth one, I don't know. Oh, you know what? I didn't get to see um, last year. They came out with a movie called Anna and the Apocalypse. And it's a zombie movie that takes place at Christmas, and it's a musical. Ooh, let's do that one. That's fun. Um, what about? <laughs> so we got the whole month plan what about, there for Christmas. What about? Is there like a new a, a, a horror movie that happens during New Year's? Sorry, there's one. There's one called New Year's Evil. Okay. And it's a <laughs> dumb slasher movie. And that. But was is like there a good the one? 80s. Is there like a good one? Like, there's one. F- the, okay, so there's a Hulu movie that came out this year called uh new year new you because Uh hulu does this thing called they've been doing this thing this year called into the dark and every month it's uh blumhouse who makes all the cheap really good horror movies some of them most of them are good um they produce a movie for hulu every month wow and um some of i've seen a bunch of them and some of them are good the mother's day one was good the father's day one was a cool like isolation thriller I saw that one. Um, the Christmas one was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, but New Year, New You, without giving away too much, was about three friends who get together, and one of them is like an internet famous person. Yeah. And let's just say that these friends have more plans than just reuniting with their super famous friend. 
they might want to do something a little nefarious but it's very it's got like a lot of like social media commentary and a bunch of cool themes you know it's a like a lot of like toxic female friendship themes and social media ruling you know showing a different side a fake side of people it's 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 interesting i'm I'm down so yeah there there are there are um if anything we can just cover an into the dark movie in october is gonna be so good (laughs) i love 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 all these mystery movies in october well you know what's cool i mean you know we should try to watch movies that actually take place on halloween which there really aren't that many there's halloween and there's halloween Two. Season of the Witch. There's Halloween which 3. Which doesn't have Michael Myers. Halloween 4. <laughs> I love Halloween. Well, Halloween 3 is a different story. That's why um, I mentioned which that other one. ones? Which other ones? There's Tales of Halloween. Stranger uh, Things 2. Stranger Things 2 does happen during Halloween. Yeah. Um, the Pumpkin Patch. Oh, dude. We're going to have so much fun doing this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I plan to have different guests and fun people to help us. Oh, it'll be fun. Analyze or just laugh at a goofy movie, dude. So this is uh, a yeah, and a goofy movie. Yeah, is one of them. Yeah. Are we gonna do a goofy movie? <laughs> Polly Shore doesn't Polly Shore in that movie? Leaning Tower of Cheese. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course yeah. Polly Shore's it. Um, that's a bad movie. <laughs> There's no that that's a mystery movie because what's the mis the mystery is why we. Uh, Why does like it exist? The Goofy movie. <laughs> Why Disney greenlit the Goofy movie? But no, actually, kids, kids, peers, people my age seem to have a pretty uh, warm spot for that movie. Now I'm trying to figure out what movies there were, what scary movies there were during Halloween. There's really not that many. Which is weird. You would think there would be more. Can we watch yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid? That happens during Halloween. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. That would make sense. Uh, all right. Well, we'll think about this. We got a whole couple months to think about this and plan. Oh, yeah. 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 Thanks for joining us for our inaugural flight. Also, if you don't know, if you have never listened, check out the Stack Pack where we cover the Unsolved Mysteries original television show hosted by Robert Stack. Um. And give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm David Howell. And I'm Eli Dominguez. And uh, follow us. uh, I don't know. We don't have social media yet. This is our first episode. Actually, we should probably just say our handles. I'm David Howell, D-A-V-Y-H-L-W on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Big Bad Vinyl Dad on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us on our first episode of the Spook Troop. That's the official title now. Added this later. Um, Come back next week and we're going to watch another fun movie. Maybe Duel? Maybe something else. But uh, thanks for checking us out. Please leave a review and let us know if you liked it. Have a good week.